Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, and up-level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D. Simone. Welcome, warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. So I read this insight recently from Anna Michelle Communications, and it struck me. It is no longer reasonable or appropriate to identify everyday communication skills or people skills as soft skills. According to AMC founder Anna Michelle Bolshevitz, in a post-pandemic world, leaders, managers, and teammates must trailblaze with empathy and strong emotional intelligence or lose out. And I am so excited today to have Anna here to talk about women, our communication super skills, and mindful communication. After working nearly 20 years in corporate, the media, and academia, Anna combines her professional experiences and academic work to implement mindful communication practices that increase emotional quotient and generate successful business communities. And I am so excited and delighted today to welcome Anna to the Advancing Women podcast. And welcome, Anna. Hey, thank you. I'm, I'm excited about this. This is going to be fun. So I love your organization and how you're focused on what you call mindful communication. And I want to talk about your journey, writer, journalist, broadcast newswoman, professor, communications expert, and now company founder. That is really quite the journey, Anna. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got here and your why? Yeah. When I hear you say that, I can't believe it's all true. Because I, like you, feel like I'm just getting started. Yeah, it's funny. When I have superstars like you on the Advancing Women podcast, and I read the accomplishments, and there's that moment where you're taken aback, I'm often saying, you know what? Yep, put your crown on and let people know what you've done, girl. Enjoy it because you've done some real things. And to your point, you're even doing more and have more on the horizon. So it's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. And you know how much I value um, all of the work that you're doing because it inspires me. And, and for instance, I'm grateful to be here today. I need to say that it's really important to thank the women around us who are pushing us forward. And you absolutely have done that in my life. No one's paying me a million dollars to say that to you. Um, <laughs> I, I can't tell you how you've inspired me. And so to answer your question, Um, And by the way, I just had my moment in hearing all of that. This is interesting. I guess I have accomplished, you know, some cool things in my life. And the experience is the answer to the question. So what I'm thinking about is teaching is learning. That is the truth. And when I was forced to sit back when I got to academia and collect my thoughts and prepare lectures, that's not easy by the way, um, on how to practice communication and all the different courses that I teach, all signs pointed to, ooh, mindfulness. Um, When you think about mindfulness, what it is simply is living in the present moment. So if you can kind of bear with me, like broadcast journalism, one of the first practices in journalism is to observe. You can only successfully observe if you're mindful or you're present. When I interview someone, uh, this is really important. Not only am I crafting questions, but in most cases, I honestly believe it's more important to listen. You don't process the information to even create the communication if you're not mindful or present. As a writer, how can you select the correct words, articulate your message if you aren't successfully 
organizing um, to make this impactful and digestible, but you have to be present in order to do that. As a professor, I need to hear my students. I need to listen to them. That's how I teach. I know you teach that way. And as a marketer, you have to know your audience. You can't, you can't do anything. So in closing, when I was forced to sit down and, and learn how to teach everything, I symphonically wove all of my professional experiences in communication together and thought, bam, the beginning of all of this is mindfulness. Yeah, I love that. And I love what you said about not only being in the moment, but the intentionality of it. Taking the moment to be intentional. I think sometimes we think those are skills that we're born with, that it's a nature kind of thing, but they can absolutely be nurtured. They can be taught, they can be honed, and we can become more intentional and mindful communicators. And I think that's such a great part of what you're talking about. This whole idea of this skill that can be uh, improved with effort and intentionality and mindfulness. And I want to jump right into this conversation because you've said about soft skills or what we call soft skills, that these communication skills that are so essential should not be called soft skills because they are indeed essential. And I was wondering if you could elaborate on that a little bit. What kind of skills are we talking about here? And why should we rethink calling them soft skills? Yeah. Because I started to look into all of this this um, information, this research um, on on soft skills before the pandemic, and that's because I started to look into emotional intelligence. And one theory is our empathetic brains are depleting because of technological overload. Right, just screen time, pulling away from face to face, which is so important. And basically, we are in right now what is identified as a post pandemic world. Whether we like to call it that or not, the pandemic happened, and now we have to face how we're feeling and doing right now. So we lack presence or peace of mind in this post-pandemic world. That is essentially my definition of the post-pandemic world. Here's why. People don't want to go back to work. There are severe attention span depletions. People are anxious. They're not themselves. Political divides that include massive discussions about social injustices. People are hunting for reasons to be uneasy. It's almost like we're addicted and, you know, we can't even focus. We're on our phones whenever we're having conversations because it's soothing us in some way. Essentially, everybody's lacking presence. Now, when we identify soft skills, one, one part of the research that I cling to is soft skills are identified as attitude. Okay. Communication, both listening and speaking. Work ethic. Teamwork. Leadership qualities time management, decision-making, conflict resolution. So my final point here is truth. Truth is a vague word, um, similar to communication, by the way, but (laughs) exceptional business equates to trust and truth. Journalism, for instance, the whole business is truth. Um, I would hope my medical provider is as trustworthy as possible, Um, my lawyer, et cetera. All of these really important and left-brain analytical roles, by the way, rely on trust in their industry. So I want to trust products and business services, mission, vision, values. Truth is absolutely under attack right now. Yeah, that's so interesting. When we are mindful, we can ensure that that message is coming across that way, whether it's with empathy, with truth, 
because we have that mindfulness, that intention, and that desire for truth. And I'm wondering if you can help me connect the dots a little bit. I've seen a lot of the same research you've seen. And I actually recently talked about this in an episode about how people are dating less and people are less involved in relationships because we've gotten so accustomed to not being social. And how does truth connect to that for you? Yeah. So it connects to that because we're all in the business of people and trust is built over small, repetitive actions over time. You can't have trust without truth. And right now we need to be masters of that. And you can't have truth without a good attitude. Being able to listen, truth is actually built in saying, Kimberly, I don't know the answer to that. Could you actually elaborate a little bit more? It's admitting, it's processing through difficult moments. It's saying, you know what? I forgot to call you the other day and I'm really sorry. How are you doing since you shared X with me? Wow, that's Um, profound. It's being honest with ourselves about our level of empathy and engagement and what we're doing to communicate in ways that show how we feel about other people and their importance and that we value them, how that translates into our personal relationships, but also our work relationships and and teams and making people feel like there is a thoughtfulness and a mindfulness in our engagement, whether or not we are tapping into our quote unquote soft skills, but the skills that really need to be elevated Absolutely. You know, conflict resolution, time management, decision-making, these are soft skills. They involve trust. You have to be a good leader, a good teammate who can process through those things to get through difficulty in business. Difficulty will come. I I don't want to go too far off, but in the article, the blue zone in Sardinia, where, you know, men and women are, it's the only place in the world they're living into their hundreds at an equal rate. Women live longer than men. Right. Uh, Susan Pinker, she's a Canadian researcher. She goes there and she discovers it's trust and it's community that keeps both men and women alive for generations. There's truth in that. It's so interesting because we're talking about leadership, but you're also talking almost about a universal truth, which is there are extraordinary, well-documented, positive outcomes when we have strong communication with others, when we are engaged deeply with others, when we exhibit empathy and receive empathy, when we listen and hear, when we talk about important things that matter to us. And so this is something that has a huge impact and a positive impact on the workforce, on leadership, on our lives. And too often we are not giving it the respect and the credit it deserves. And we too often are thinking about leadership skills from a bit of an antiquated, almost sitcom version of a leader that's very old school, male centric, you know, you have to be assertive and aggressive and decisive, you know, don't waver and just move forward no matter what. And the research doesn't really support that as being the kind of communication that positively impacts people or organizations. It doesn't build trust, to your point. It doesn't create a feeling of togetherness and of team and of we. You know what I was thinking about? Uh, So work ethic is one of the soft skills business leaders need more than ever. They need people with good work ethic to come in to work, first of all. But second of all, have you been to a restaurant in the past several months where 
You complained of the service because uh, the business owner can't find anybody to work. That is a problem. Um, so we probably should focus on these kinds of soft skills and call them something a little different. Yeah. Essential <laughs> skills, right? Yeah. Survival skills. Yeah, you know, that's that's what I think they are. Yeah, we've long revered skills, which have resulted in what researchers are now calling the dark triad. The dark triad includes three toxic personality traits, narcissism, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism, which are linked with social exploitation rather than social trust. Almost the opposite of what you're saying. And so many other negative organizational, but also personal outcomes. Conversely, what you're talking about here is emotional intelligence. That is where we see those more optimal and more positive outcomes. Yeah. You know, um, Mindful communication is the solution to this problem. And it does start with educating ourselves. So, you know, Kimberly, you have provided so many resources that boosted me to this point to get me thinking and stimulated. And it was because of your research. I chose to listen, right? And to be informed. And this is the chain of events here. So, you know, for instance, in a room of men, I'm listening to what's going on. I'm engaged in processing things. If there's something that doesn't sit well with me, one thing mindfully I've begun to do is process the sensations. If, for instance, I said something a few seconds ago, that's the solution. But then two minutes later, my male counterpart decides to claim it in different words. And yeah. appropriating. That's right, called right. appropriating. Right. And <laughs> I, I, I know, I've, listened, I've listened to one of your podcasts where you had a guest on and you all talked about that. And that made me aware of it because I knew it felt bad but I didn't know what to do about it. So my mindful process is to listen. And one thing I've then uh, begun to do is this is going to sound a little out there, but you have to combine your mind, how your body is communicating to you. Like if you get the chills or if you feel yourself switch in your chair, you start to adjust your shoulders a little bit. If you're moving your hands across your knees back and forth, it's like probably because your body's saying to you, something's not right right now. Okay, now I'm mindful and the spirit inside of me is a little angry. Okay, mind, hold on. Let's process. Are you paying attention to it? So good emotional intelligence might say to me, don't scream, Anna, which is what I want to do. Right. And, and, and I know you know what I'm talking about. And so many listeners out there know what I'm talking about. But you have to take that inner monologue. Yeah. And you have to hit the, the shh button. <laughs> well, you know, it's so interesting you're talking about this because this is such a pivotal thing for women, especially. And I think it is one of our greatest opportunities to flip the script and take something that is unfair, inequitable, and frustrating and say, you know what, here's the silver lining in all this. Because research overwhelmingly shows that women are stronger in emotional intelligence, are better listeners, and are better communicators, they're more diplomatic in their communication and so forth. And part of that is out of necessity. It's out of being women in the workforce, which was neither designed for or by us, trying to grab a rung and pull ourselves up in an environment that is constantly trying to keep the existing power structure. And so what happens is we are hearing 
two kinds of advice. We're hearing you have to be assertive, persuasive, and dominating, and all of these things. But the problem is when women do that, there's backlash because it's outside of norms and expectations for women as being kind of the social lubricant or the nice one or smoothing everything over and making people feel more comfortable, which is what society has expected of us and what we've been socially conditioned to feel for so long. And so what ends up happening then is we end up being mindful almost out of necessity and saying, okay, if I'm going to say this, I have to be careful because I don't want to hurt their feeling. If I have this male counterpart and I am too aggressive, I know there's going to be backlash. And so that's so frustratingly unfair, but yet the kicker is, and I really think the last laugh almost is how, because of this, women have honed because of practice. You know, men don't have the same education we do in how to be careful when we speak, how to be careful of the way we present, the space we take up, our body language, the tone of our voice, all of the things that we are constantly coached on and they're not, they have not received that education. And so it's not, we're innately born able to communicate better, but we are conditioned to have to communicate better. I love how you worded all of that. And You're right. It builds some sort of muscle that they then don't have. And I don't want to generalize when I respond here and say all of them. Right. Because I do know some emotionally intelligent men who I love to have conversations with and and all kinds of things. But when that's meant, there are men who choose to be mindful and acknowledge that although they are not expected or demanded, they still want to do the thing. In our case, I think we are expected and demanded to do the thing. So absolutely. You just have two different dichotomies in terms of the why, you know, women, it's part of our nature. How do I make sure I don't make you uncomfortable? How do I make sure I don't offend you? Because men are the dominant power structure. Every statistic there is men hold more than 85% of the top wealth. They hold more than 92% of top leadership roles. All of the things that I can go on and on about, they are the dominant power. And so there's less incentive is all I'm saying. The same as you, I don't want to knock men or say that there aren't men who are trying. I'm just saying they don't have the same incentive. So to that end, the men that are stopping and being mindful and taking a moment, you know, hats off to you. You gain that benefit that so many men don't gain if they don't take a minute to be mindful. And so mindful communication is just as important for men as women, maybe more so because they're not as socially conditioned to use your uh, words. And I love them to work that muscle, right? To exercise that muscle and make sure that they're mindful of the impact of the way that they're receiving information and giving information. When I wrote the article, um, woman this past week, my hope, you know how, when you write or you create something, you think my deepest wish is X. My wish was that men read it. All I wanted to do was plant a seed. Yeah, I feel that way about the podcast. I am often surprised at how much support the Advancing Women podcast gets from men. Oftentimes when I post on LinkedIn, some of the first people to like or comment are men. And so I know that there are a lot of strong allies out there. And it reminds me of an episode I did. I think it was episode 58 in the summer and I called it let's teach girls bravery and teach boys empathy. And I'll include a link to that in the show notes, but it really speaks to the point you're making, Anna, about how you want for men 
the opportunity right. to be mindful and to have that empathy and to engage within the context of the way they think about their interactions. And we want women to feel empowered rather than hopeless about the inequities and the fact that we're required to do so. And so there's an opportunity here for men and women alike through mindful communication that you're talking about to do just that. Slip yourself into our shoes. We're doing it all the time. We're doing it all the time when we raise sons, when we teach young men, when we have husbands and partners who are men and uncles and the list goes on. We are considering men. It is what we do. And then we consider one another and it's time for that to be seen. Yeah. And I do think you're seeing more empathy, maybe for the first time as more women over decades have entered the workforce. I find I work with more men who have wives who are experiencing these inequities and challenges and daughters that they're seeing with these challenges. And so because it becomes personal, it becomes something that they start to see as real for the first time. And I think that that is where some of the positive change in the right direction is going to start to happen. Me too. Me too. Totally. So Anna, you've talked about, you know, all the different roles that this mindful communication has helped you in, whether it's as a reporter, as a newswoman, as an educator, you do work with a lot of male students, right? So you're right on the the front lines there. How do you bring this mindfulness into the classroom in ways that are meaningful for the male students that you work with? It's been such a journey to work with primarily an all-male audience, which is not typical in communication. And first of all, I have to ask them if they know about the concept of mindfulness. And nine times out of 10, they don't. And I get a kick and then it gives me a chance to teach, right? So we learn about presence. I typically give them exercises. I don't dare call it meditation, God forbid. Um, (laughs) But one thing that seemed to be really valuable this year was establishing mindfully your communication value system. What do you require, which is in turn what you should be giving off? Right, right. And so I let them spend a week doing it. They had the first draft. You could tell they just sloppily put it down. And then I said, no, go back and redo it and stand up and present it with pride and talk about why it is you select these values. And all of these young men value trust. They want people to be honest with them. And in turn, they agreed that they have to do the same back in order to earn that. When they have their value system established, which mine is depth, humility, trust, respect, joy, and willingness, then they can more clearly hone in on what it is they require. It's like marketing. They have their branding statement, if you will, and they're able to more clearly communicate who they are and what they demand in return through everything they do. So that's been helpful. Yeah, I think it's so interesting when you talked about the things that they valued and you talk about things like humility and honesty. I just really think about how we associate certain things as being soft skills that are those very things, right? This idea of being caring and empathetic and having that humility and honesty, willing to listen and all of the things you're talking about tend to be things that we think of as a nice to have. 
as opposed to essential things that we should have. And that brings us full circle to what we're talking about here. Whether you are a woman trying to utilize that superpower, that extraordinary honed skill of excellent communication as a unique point of difference, or as a man who wants to understand the women he works with better because so many leaders are men and we're working to try to change that. But until then, it is helpful if that huge percentage could start to see and value these qualities and also hone these skills themselves because it has all of those positive outcomes and it moves you further away from some of the extreme outcomes related with certain skills. So it's fine to be confident, but when that becomes arrogance, it's fine to be demanding, but then when does that become bullying? It's great to take the wheel, right? But when does that become controlling? It's great to have passion, but when does that become ill-tempered? Versus when we look at things like being empathetic and being sociable and being encouraging and being patient. And these kinds of things don't have this negative side. So there's something really valuable to that. And it speaks to the universal truth of their importance. It's not a debate whether these are important skills or soft skills or nice to have skills. Based on what you said earlier, which I loved about people living longer when they're more social, when they're engaging in empathetic, social listening, interacting, they're living longer than others, men and women alike. All of these things add up to exactly what you said, which is these are not soft skills. And for women, our superpowers are certainly not soft skills. I agree with that 100%. And all that comes to mind is the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. That man, he didn't have the degree. And that's based on a true story. Am I right? Right. right. Yes, definitely. He showed up, said hello to the right people. The work ethic, the trust that he built in those small repetitive moments over time. That is a man of color fighting for his survival. And he didn't do that because he had a brain that analytically could process numbers. I think that's an interesting example because typically when we see stories of underdog get ahead, it's cue the Rocky music. And I love that film, so I'm not knocking it, but aggressive. And you're talking about something different here, which is an elevation that happens based on these exact skills you're talking about. And I love what you said about hard work, but one of the first things you said up front, but you mentioned attitude. And this idea of when we shift our attitude in a positive way, it has a really big impact. And I think about just the small change of I have to do X versus I get to do X. And how when we think in terms of I get to versus I have to, we tend to feel different about the task, even if the task is something that we had previously been dreading. And so you're really flipping the idea of achievement and reaching for the stars and going out on a limb on its head. And you're saying, let's stop talking aggressive, assertive, and all these things. And let's start talking about attitude. Let's start talking about building trust. Let's start talking about having empathy and listening. And I think that is a message the world needs to hear. And I am so Glad that you are focused on this type of work, working with organizations, working with leaders to get them to that place. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
You're very welcome. And so, you know, every week, because you're a listener, I have a manifestation or a key takeaway. And you made my job easier because today I'm going to use a quote from a recent article you penned titled Woman. You said, quote, it's time to recognize and act on the primal power of woman and her exceptional and innate contributions to business success and longevity. It is women who, by nature, generate prosperous environments that foster growth and success. It's time for the 70% at the top to reprioritize a woman's role in business, end quote. I couldn't agree more. It isn't fair that we have to constantly be mindful, but we can benefit greatly and hopefully get others to see the benefit of this type of mindful communication. Women have adapted, and that has resulted in creating high-level communication skills that should and must be valued and even emulated. And so I want to thank you so much, Anna. This has been so much fun. And I really hope people will look into Anna Michelle Communication because you offer so much that is needed. And I wanted to know if you could just share a little bit on how people can find you if they're interested. And you should, listeners, be interested and go find Anna. Thank you so much. The best way to reach me is AnnaMCommunications.com through my website and uh, all of my contact information is on the website. Perfect. And I will make sure that I will share that in the show notes. And again, I am so grateful for having you here and I've so enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm more grateful to be a guest. So thank you. Thank you. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com. Com and connect on Instagram at Advancing Women Podcast. I love getting your feedback, so please email me at drdsimone at advancingwomenpodcast.com. I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior who wrote the music for this podcast, and a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior who designed the Advancing Women Podcast logo. And thanks to all of you for joining me here today.